you know, sometimes locking out for some exercises, is, it, it turns out it's fine. You look at the reasoning for it and it's like, well, it puts pressure on your tendons. And th that's one of the, um, it's one of the myths of the fitness industry. Yo, Gorillas, welcome to the Athlete Insider Podcast by Gore Nation. My name is Phil, and today's guest is Hampton from Hybrid Calisthenics. I'm super looking forward to this interview. Hampton is somebody who is sharing calisthenics advice to over 2.6 million subscribers on YouTube, 1.6 million on TikTok, crazy numbers already, and nearly 600,000 on Instagram. I'm really looking forward to get to know you better, Hampton, and to present and talk about yourself in this podcast episode. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you so much, Phil. Same to you. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks again that you take the time. And uh, yeah, I think in uh, in our community, we have a few people who won't know uh, your your name, who won't know your face. I think may maybe your face, everybody saw it once uh, popping up in his uh, YouTube shorts or uh, TikTok or whatever. <laughs> uh, but right. uh, yeah, still, do you want to present yourself? Who are you? Who is Hampton? Sure, sure. You know, and I, I mean, that, that's kind of the thing with um, with doing internet content or even really just doing any kind of content beforehand. You know, there's always always more people who will know you than people who will like you or even like know you well, right? Just like, just like um, people, you know, they might approach you on the street and be like, hey, I, I know you, I've seen you before. But those are people who like you. You know, mm -hmm. I always wonder how many people see me. He's like, oh yeah, he's that guy. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, my name is Hampton and my channel and brand, blah, blah, blah. my brand and channel is uh, Hybrid Calisthenics. And I do a lot of home workout stuff. And it's called Hybrid Calisthenics. Uh, and I was just talking to Phil beforehand that, you know, while these things refer to the same thing, body weight exercise, you know, we, we have slightly different communities, actually very different communities when you say street workout, body weight fitness, home workout, you know, like progressive calisthenics. It's almost like I can name like different groups that belong to those, uh, <laughs> those categories. Um, my thing was really right now is just to make fitness accessible to people. So right now I'm building the hybrid routine, which is going to be based on progressive exercise. So your audience is already familiar with calisthenics and progressive calisthenics. So I'll speed through this, but just for anyone, just in case someone, you know, is watching just because of me and they don't really know yet. Um, so body weight exercise, push-ups, pull-ups, leg raises, bridges, things like that. Uh, if we make them progressive and regressive in some ways, it means we can find a variation of those exercises that work for you. That's really what I focus on. And I was, and I was saying to Phil beforehand, right before we were doing this uh, recording, that I never really intended to target the demographic that I have now, which I, I would say it's fair to say skews beginner, nothing else. You know, like we have some advanced lifters, some people who aren't interested in calisthenics at all, but they just watch it just because they like the coffee vibe and you know they, they like watching the videos you know and i love them for that but skews beginner i think is definitely fair and that just really came from the content i was putting out at the beginning when i had no audience and the people who responded and the people that i that i answered to at the time and it was a surprise to me there was a surprise to me that there was this demand for this because before i did hybrid calisthenics i was kind i i really wasn't I didn't spend a lot of time on social media. Mm -hmm. I had like, like 200 Facebook friends, you know, in, in 2019, which is not a lot for someone of my generation and age, you know, even someone who just randomly went to my school has like a couple of thousand. So it's like, I didn't spend a lot of time on social media. So I, I thought 
based on my knowledge of it, that it's going to be flashier stuff. It's all like, yeah, we're going to do like human flags. We're going to do like one-arm pull-ups, which even as you know, in the upper echelon is almost standard. It's not even considered advanced, but I thought like, oh, that'll get people's attention. And then they'll listen to what I have to say. Um, And that kind of worked, but what really seemed to resonate was the stuff where it was like, hey, if you can't do a push-up or if you can't do a deep squat yet, um, here's how you can build up. And that's what really seemed to resonate. So that's uh, who I am, a basis of it, and a general area of what I cover nowadays. This is general movement and making it progressive and accessible to everyone. Wow. Wow. Super interesting, interesting stuff already. Um, because I mean, like you, you're doing the, the beginner um, videos, <clears throat> even though you can do a one-on pull-up and like to give you some social proof to our like uh, elite uh, listeners. Now you, you, you are like a really strong guy. Like you can do one-on pull-ups. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your level in, in workout right now? Yeah, I mean, look, it really depends on who you're talking to. And that's like, that's the same thing with like, as you know, through entrepreneurship and stuff, right? Like if you're talking to someone, you're like, yeah, I had like, you know, a like a 500K month the other day. You know, not not me, but like if you, if you say that, you know, to like a regular person might be like, whoa. And they, they might think that you're you're flexing. But you know that there's people out there who are just like, you know, I, I, I made that you know, Tuesday when I did literally nothing, you know, mm. for them, that, that's nothing. So that, that's, you know, so there's, I always want to be aware of who I'm talking to and I, I want to address both of it a little bit. Um, so yes, I have spent a few years in calisthenics. I can do, you know, the, the hardest thing I do probably right now is like half range of motion, one arm handstand push up against the wall, but that's because I pursued it intently for a while. Yeah. One arm pull-ups is something that I learned fairly early on. And again, you know, I don't weigh that much. So it's a little bit easier for me, you know, human flags, um, uh, came, they, they probably come a lot easier to me than the lever movements, the front lever and back lever. Um, those are things that I can do, but I'm still, you know, like recently I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll look into that. What I really built my foundation on was, um, dynamic pressing, which has really changed. I've really changed my approach nowadays. So it was not dynamic, but dynamic movement. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, instead of working towards levers right away, I want to work on different forms of one-arm push-ups. That's kind of where I spent my time. Looking back, there are probably better ways I could have spent my time so I would have more diverse skills. This is like really getting into the, de the details of it. But for example, after you can do a one-arm push-up, which is something that it feels like everyone and their dog can do, right? Everyone and their grandma can do a one-arm push-up, you know? But it's like just the simple idea of taking of making a more triceps focused exercise and chest focused, but just like moving your arm from off to the side to underneath your sternum and going straight up and down is something very, very few people can do, you know, even the upper echelon. Now, do you want to argue that's because they're pursuing levers and one arm planches, you know, and Maltese crosses and stuff and not this? Yeah, certainly, definitely is. And it definitely is part of it. Uh, but that's why I, thought, I was like, you know, that's what appealed to me at first. I thought that was more functional. You know, I pursued that for a few years. I got, you know, fairly far in that. And then, you know, even just like, it really was a year ago when I'm like, well, I'm doing this now. I would like to polish up um, my other skills and, and see. So that's kind of where I'm at now. My training right now is really um, involves, I would say mostly isometrics, uh, both body weight and just like uh, chain and spring isometrics. Um, and just re I really retain calisthenics For mobility is where mm -hmm. I am right now. Not super high. Once again, it depends on who I'm talking to because 
like you say, like we, we, we describe one-arm push-ups or one-arm pull-ups one pull as social proof. But for some people, it's just like, well, if you can't do 20 of them, you might as well just go home. Because it's, 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 it's like, you're still a beginner. You're like, go back and train before you talk about it. We don't want to hear you talk until you can do that, right? I mean, maybe not 20, but like 10. You know, like there are some people who, it's just another level. And I definitely want to be aware of who I'm talking to. And I, I, I really don't feel a need to hide who I am. You know, it's like some people are way stronger than I am and congratulations to them. You know, and some people, they, they don't even want to, that's why I think some people may be con- confused as to why I'm spending some time on this, but some people feel bad when I say that, when I'm like, well, you know, like I, I want to be aware of myself, but when I say, yeah, that, that's not really that high level, then they feel bad about themselves because they're like, well, you know, like I, I just started working out at, you know, age 35, you know, I really haven't gotten anywhere. I haven't saying that I'm below novice because he called himself a novice. So it's not, you know, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad or worse. I'm just trying to be honest to myself where it's just like, here's where I am. Here's what I'm working on. And if you just started, no worries, no worries. You can, you can, wherever you're at, you can build up. So just trying to address all people there. Yeah. Because it's, it's an interesting topic because there are so many levels and so many different um, yeah, approaches in calisthenics where it's hard for somebody who is, uh, even in this podcast, you know, like I, I interview elite athletes and they sometimes say, yeah, I learned the planche in, in nine months, but uh, like I took, I took really, really long and uh, like you can learn it in, in three to five months. So, and I'm, I'm also thinking, yeah, what does somebody think who is like working on the planche since five years and not not unlocking it which which is not something completely unusual right right so um, yeah yeah you know and it, it's a different you know it's a world where you know there calisthenics is still underrated you know i gotta say even as well known you know as some brands are you know like i think the biggest calisthenics channel on youtube is still i think thinx right you know they, they, there's other big ones out there and then there's people like andrea la rosa who i i don't you might have interviewed i don't know if he speaks english uh but very very impressive athlete uh and if nothing else but like the where they talk like obscure facebook forums or uh sometimes their app and you know and it's like relatively smaller youtube videos where they talk about the technique of this stuff I think it's still underrated because I think if the community really hasn't hit the stride where it's like, okay, this is the stuff that definitely works now. Um, and this is what, this is what we can spend our time on. And this is what will work together. And this is kind of what happened in fitness in the 20th century. You know, people have to, you know, the, the importance of like, knowing what works and seeing it from yourself, not just through scientific study, but through like the popularization of like what people are talking about is super important because think about this. I believe, and someone can fact check me on this and correct me, which is very open, but I, I believe I recently read that people thought a bench press beyond a certain amount was impossible. Guess what that amount was? It was 400 pounds. You know, they thought a 400 pound bench press was impossible. I think until Doug Hepburn did it. Uh, again, feel free to check, uh, fact check me on that. And then after he did it a year later, I think he did like 500. So it's like, you know, after first, so we've hit that stage where it's like, can these things be done? Imagine if you didn't have the internet and you're like, wow, you know, and you, in your vibe, you envision the plants. You're like, well, it's probably impossible, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably impossible. And then like, let's say you have some talent and, and you got to like, what was basically a, 
advanced tuck planche. And you're like, okay, you know, I, I, I might be the strong, like you're, you're like a small village, you know, in, in America. You're like, yeah, I, I might be the strongest person in the world. You know, and, and to your knowledge, that might be true, right? <laughs> that, that might be true. Um, but I think first we have to see people who are doing that, you know, and then it's like you talk to the right ones, the ones who don't just have natural talent, but build up in a progressive way. And they say, oh, this is what works. Because I think that's the key. That, that's why I'm talking about this. Yes, of course, there's foundational strength. Then there's your proportions, you know, like how your, your limb length, you know this, you know, then there's technique, um, and there's some genetics, but I think the reason why there's such a big difference in ability sometimes where someone's like, I, I take like 10 years. I've learned a plan. And some people are like, yeah, I, I spent like, um, like five, you know, some people get in a couple months just because, you know, of the stuff they do. And I think it depends on how they train, you know, there's genetics, but there's also technique and how they train, you know, I mean, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Like, it, you know, some people are training for isometric things through mostly dynamic movement, which helps. But then it's like, well, then what about like principle of specificity and everything? And it's just like, you know, imagine a day without the Internet where someone's working towards a bench press. That's why I brought up that example. And they're like, well, maybe the best way to train is to do like best way to train for a 400 pound bench press is like 135, but perfect form for many, many reps. Turns out, you know, not really the case, you know, and then it's like, well, no, it's five sets of five, you know, doing half your max. And then some people think that, but it's not really the case. So I, I think first we have to see, we have to have the social proof, you know, and the community of seeing people do this, which is where we are now. And right now we are currently in the midst of like, okay, okay, okay. So this is the best way to do it. You know, everyone, everyone has a tutorial on the planche, you know, but, you know, I think soon it'll become very apparent when we look back in 20, 30 years, you know, or maybe shorter. I don't want to blow anyone's mind, like um, maybe less time than that, where people will look back and be like, oh, okay, like this guy was very talented. You know, he could do multiple levers and, you know, and flags and stuff, but his advice wasn't necessarily the best. Um, just be, and, he, and, and that's not his fault. You know, he worked with what he had now. Um, and I think that's will that's what we'll experience. And you see that through lifters nowadays, full respect to Eugene Sandow. Uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, but like considered the father of modern bodybuilding because he was the first person to build the who, first famous person to build his, his proportions based on fixed proportions. He measured Greek statues. Um, but in his book, strength and, strength and How to Obtain It, I think he talks about like self-resistant techniques. And in his mind, he's like, yeah, you can use dumbbells to work your muscles, but you can also sit here and just tense your muscles and it'll be the same effect. Turns out, no, not at all. That's a, like, that'd be, that'd be cool if that was the case. And he's like, <laughs> for, him, for him, you know, and I mean, back then he had the social proof, right? You know, some of his stuff might've been lionized a little bit, still a very strong guy. It's like, so if someone says, yeah, this is how you get strength, you know, I wouldn't disagree with him. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's his idea. He, he, he's, a, he's a strong man and he, he knows what he's doing, but as we look back at with uh, modern information, it's like, well, that was not correct. He basically stated that dumbbells were there just for entertainment, uh, mm -hmm. which is, is not the case, right? So th I think that's what we're talking about. By the way, in case you and your listeners have noticed, or you have noticed, I give very lengthy answers. <laughs> so if you want me to do, uh, like, I think this is the, that's the product byproduct of both my personality and doing coffee with Hampton. So if you want me to do shorter stuff, um, I, I can. And if you want me to elaborate, that's, that's fine as well.
It's perfect. I think I like, it's super interesting to talk to you, uh, like to, to listen to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. Um, yeah, <clears throat> maybe we can, uh, we can go back a few years. Um, can you tell us about your beginnings in the sport? Like, um, I guess in the beginning, you also didn't have all the information that you have today, all the knowledge, all the, uh, the books read, uh, the, the videos watched, whatever. Um, how did your beginning in, in calisthenics look like? Okay. Um, so in the very, uh, so in the very beginning, I was a very, just a very active kid, you know, like I, um, I was, I was born relatively athletic. You know, I could run, I could run a little like based on the playground. I could run a little faster. I could go a little bit longer. A lot of, ex I was better at explosive movement. I was better at sprints than I was long distance running. Loved recess, did all this. So I, like that's the very, very beginning. Um, I, I was raised uh, by my father and a lot of his friends by uh, men and some women who were very interested in martial arts. You know, they did a lot of like, they like karate, they did some wrestling, jiu-jitsu, all kinds of things. And, you know, as you know, uh, a lot of these martial arts disciplines, uh, they really focused on calisthenics. What was it like? It was like push-ups, basic calisthenics, push-ups, sit-ups, things like that, uh, more than weightlifting. And possibly because of this, like, you know, again, it, it's hard to get rid of a belief. I think there's like a, there used to be a belief that weightlifting would make you slow and, and you know, and inefficient in combat. Um, which is why, why I think a lot of martial artists, even now knowing that you, there's, there's, there are definitely ways where you can strength train without getting slower and you'll get actually get faster. Uh, even because of that, I think just because it's been passed down, it's in like the culture of martial arts to have calisthenics. So that's really where I started. And, you know, back then it was, it was very simple stuff. It was like pushups and sit-ups, you know, and it was really numbers, as you know, it, uh, like that's how a lot of people first learned about calisthenics as increasing numbers, you know, that like, like there's no different, there's only one kind of push-up. There's only, there's only one sit-up. What are you talking about? And it's like, well, uh, no, there's like what, what there's like push-up and one arm push-up. You know, that's, that's, that's how it is, you know, and people are like, wow, this guy, he, he once could do like, like 500 pushups. And I'm like, wow, 500 pushups. That's incredible. I want to get there, you know, and it turns out, you know, that's like, you know, that's, you know, if you're where, if you put, put in some work and you don't weigh that much, it's not that hard to do, especially if you're breaking them up in multiple sets. Uh, and this is like, like I'm giving, I'm taking it from the beginning, beginning, I'm going to kind of rush through so we don't spend too much time. Um, you know, around like age 17, uh, I did have to drop out of school. That's it's minorly related to this. Um, uh, I dropped out of school in eighth grade um, because my my mom got sick and I had to help run the family business. So that's minor, minorly related to what I'm about to say. I, but I did go back later and finish. I, I, so I didn't didn't go to high school, but I graduated from college. Um, but the, at age 17, I didn't go to school and I worked full time. And that we usually didn't go ho get home until like 9, 10 p.m. And we would watch TV, um, you know, whenever we watch TV. Um, and I, you know, I, the, I don't know what the catalyst was, but I remember I was like, you know, I'm going to start doing some push-ups regularly because I, you know, like I, I, I was active, but I didn't have a regular routine. So um, for me, the, the idea of like, okay, I'll have to do push-ups every commercial break. So for an hour long program, you know, every time I, I would see, uh a commercial it'd be three minutes i'm like okay well i'm gonna do push-ups like ah. yeah so i started doing about about like 100 a day you know and i'm like oh this actually got a lot easier so i you know my first you know entering adulthood 
you know, age 18. And so I was doing about 500 pushups a day, you know, and that's like, you know, not really any other exercise. You know, when I saw a, a pull-up bar, I'd be like, Ooh, pull-up bars, you know, but that, you know, I was doing that for no reason other than just because I thought that's what fitness was. Right. It's like, no one really sits you down and gives you a handbook, even in PE, not really, not really much. Um, but a few years in, I was like, I should probably do other exercises too. Okay. <laughs> wow. um, well, well, you know, it's, it's like, you know, muscular imbalance, all these things, like I knew these terms, but it's not something you, it's definitely in the forefront of your mind. Right. You don't, you know, I don't follow, I didn't follow those channels. I, you know, I really wasn't, you know, I almost hate to say this, but I wasn't inspired by a YouTube fitness person really to, to work out. It, it really, just, it really just wasn't what resonated with me, you know, full respect to these people who are doing, you know, your former guests, you know, yourself, all these people who are doing awesome things. Congratulations. It's just not, it is not really what resonated with me. Um, because I never watched it. I, I might've liked it had I really gotten into it. Um, and I was like, well, uh, like I, I'm going to start doing some other exercises. Um, and this is, see, this is how fast things go by because some of your viewers will listen to this and just laugh because they'll think it's ridiculous. But th there was a time period where um, a book called Convict Conditioning came out. And that was a lot of, that was a lot of people's introduction to, to calisthenics. Uh, because I remember my friends talking about it and they're not in this world. They, they, they got the books because they, it was popular. It was probably like, it was trending at the time. Uh, so, so they got it and they introduced me to it. And I'm like, Oh, so and I looked at the progressions and everything and let's like it or not. You know, I, I know the book is, you know, it's, the, the method is controversial amongst like some of the body weight fitness community. I understand that, but that was my introduction to the idea of progressive calisthenics. So the idea that you could break this down into it. Um, and I studied abroad in, at age 22 in Germany. Um, is, where, where are you located? Are you in Germany? Germany. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. So I, I was near, um, I, I was near Koblenz. I was in Valandar. I was at a school called Beihau. Um, and great time, beautiful area. If you have a chance, please visit Germany, please visit the area. Um, but what, what was different for me as an exchange student and different for me living my life here in the U S um, once again, something that's gonna make people laugh. And this time, you know, full on, I agree with you laughing. I was used to having not Wi-Fi, but like almost unlimited data everywhere I went. Okay, it was like, and like we had like, I, I, I could go anywhere and I could look up Facebook, I could scroll through YouTube and everything. I didn't spend a lot of time at home. Turns out, you know, like whatever phone plan I had in Germany, I had like 200 megabytes. And then the rest was, I was being charged like, like $10 per hundred megabytes. I'm like, well, I liked it. Well, uh, I better turn off that. <laughs> so that, 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 that's something I, I did a lot. Well, turns out, you know, when you are, cause I, I'm someone who likes to go out and walk, walk a lot. I, I like to go out coffee shops. I don't like to sit, I don't like to sit at home where you have Wi-Fi. Um, I, I like to go out. Um, turns out when you don't scroll through Facebook or social media, when you're eating and out, you read, you know? So I was like, huh. So th that's really when I read it. But then, and then I read a lot of texts, um, on calisthenics that's what i mean it's like i really for someone who did who does video now i was really more inspired by authors um and if anyone's ever read the book comic conditioning most people just look at their exercises and like well this is this is not optimum um because of this uh, a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the, the cool stuff that i got from it 
was his, uh, Paul Wade's writing style. Um, because, you know, for someone who's writing from the perspective of a prisoner, and we can go more into this if you want, just because it's something that the calisthenics community does kind of know about. And I spent a lot of time reading it. I've talked with, I've emailed with Paul Wade before. And he has a very inspiring writing style. You know, I, I, I would, I, I find that hard to deny. Like he, he, he gets people pumped and gets people going. And that's part of where I got um, how I teach calisthenics nowadays from. Because, you know, again, someone, you know, it's written with, it's written for men, you know, you know, it's written for men, very masculine environment you know, where it's like you, you, you have to, um, you have to get strong and muscular. So you, so bad things don't happen to you in prison. Um, but for that, you know, he, he's actually very kind to beginners. You know, he's just, he's just like, well, you start off with wall pushups and then you build up to these inclines. No, good job. And this is already quite strong. Let's keep, let, let's, let's, let's keep you going. And a, a big part of it, and this is like tying back to what we were talking about before, the missing piece of, you know, where training is, you know, most people that they said, well, if you want to build strength, you want to stay low. Uh, one of the keys that, that really seemed to work well for myself and for others, why I think like the, the content that I spread resonates is some of the higher repetitions earlier on, you know, when you spend higher repetitions and you don't just jump into a harder exercise, he's like, yeah, spend some time building these repetitions. He spends chapters explaining why it is, which sadly is ignored because everyone just screenshotted, you know, the exercises page. Um, and, and he went into that. And that thing that, that really helped a lot of people, unfortunately. So two things, people don't really, some people don't like reading, you know, no, no judgment. They don't really like reading. And I mean, I don't have as much time to read nowadays as I would like. Um, and also some people, they, they don't like the prison aspect. So sadly that this, um, this inspiring author with a good method really wasn't lost. So, so like when I started, um, sharing this, I used that as a foundation and I, and I made my old thing and, I, and like, I'm like, Hmm, this thing works a little bit better. I stopped it, but I used that as a foundation to really start spreading calisthenics because that's really what I, what I first got into, you know, and obviously as you grow, you know, first of all, like, for example, that's probably one reason why I focus more on dynamics and one arm pressing and one arm pulling and not so much on statics, just because I was inspired from from this start. And it probably would have been very different had I been inspired by a YouTube channel where they put, you know, front levers and like one arm front levers and planches on it. I probably would have like explored that way beforehand just because that's what I was exposed to. Um, but that's really the beginning of it. Um, and a lot of it was also just personal experimentation. Uh, when and then there's another level when you start doing it for a living. Um, and once again, this is already a long story, so I'm trying to condense it. Um, you know, and, and you start thinking about, it, and then really the question that I approach nowadays is why not? It's like 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 all these things that we take for granted. I'm like, why not? You know, it's like, well, this move is impossible. I'm like, well, why isn't it? You know, so like that's really where I'm at right now, um, where I try to experiment a lot in my training and. And I, and I hope to get, um, I hope to find both new things I can accomplish, uh, but also document a journey and teach people how to get there uh, so I can help others do that. Wow. <clears throat> That's uh, like, yeah, the long, long story, uh, which is, uh, which is super interesting. Interesting. Do you get uh, a lot of um, knowledge even nowadays from, from books and uh, like what books would you rec recommend to, to people listening like is there another calisthenics book that you would recommend more nowadays nowadays uh to be honest for most people i would just like 
because of people who are probably watching this and listening to this, you're probably going to resonate more with video content mm-hmm. or uh, social content. Um, so th- that's why I, I would look into. Um, I would just find a YouTube channel or even an Instagram channel. Um, again, once again, the, the, these these people, there are some people who are very good at teaching and very good at calisthenics, and they're not great at social media. Um, so, like, you don't don't look for that's like the highest subscribed ones. Look for one that works for you. Look for one that breaks breaks it down the way that you like. Um, first of all, because you can also ask that person questions. You know, when they have like 10k and fewer subscribers, but they're very good at what they do. Uh, there's a good chance they'll answer your question much more than like, um, you know, full respect and love to him, Chris Heria, because like he gets a, a lot of this is a, as an example of someone who gets a lot of comments. Um, so find someone that you like and you resonate with. It doesn't have to be someone who's famous because you might be able to get what's essentially tutoring because, you know, they're like, oh, fi- I finally got a comment. I'm going to answer all of them. So uh, th- that's th- that's what I would recommend. And just uh, personalize your journey from there. And it really depends on where you are really depends on where you are. Like you might already be, a, you know, again, you might be like me, like not that big and fairly lean. So you might be able to do a bunch of uh, relatively advanced moves, um, but not uh, some of this harder stuff. So find something you like. Cool. You're, you already talked about your weight two times. <clears throat> um, like uh, these are the questions that we always get uh, from the people. If I don't ask them in the interview, they will always be in the comment section. Uh, oh, how, sure, old sure. Are, how old are you right now? I'm 28 years old. 28. And uh, like yeah. how heavy and how tall? Uh, right now I'm about, because um, uh, I'm trying to think of it. I'm about 154 pounds. That would be uh, 70 kilograms, more or less. Mm-hmm. And my height is about 5'8", or 173 centimeters. Not, not a very big person. And like The reason I paused is because I wanted to give both measurements. That's, that's perfect. I was like already taking my mobile phone. I have to, to, uh, <laughs> to how to say, like, yeah, translate. Uh, but anyways, yeah, you already have it in your head. That's cool. And I, I bounce a lot um, in between um, the weights sometimes. Um, my, my heaviest that, you know, I haven't really been that heavy on, um, social media yet is about 165. Uh, I'll probably experiment with going to like, oh, sorry, 165. So like heavier than 70 kilograms, you know, I'll, I'll probably experiment with being, uh, like 80 kilograms is probably the heaviest I'll, I'll go that I can see well, right now. Why is that? Why, why do you want to try it? Oh, I mean, just, just for fun. You know, like, again, once again, why not, right? You know, and in, this is not something that, you know, th- there's no way to document There's no study on this. There's no way you can document this. Um, but seeing how a lot of, like, these old-time strongmen wrote, you know, people when once, like, who trained with calisthenics, um, this was really before the modern gym existed the way it does, to where you can go almost anywhere you have these fully stocked gyms seeing the way they talk about calisthenics makes me think that, you know, you know how some people say, well, I, I don't want to get too heavy because then it's too hard for me to do like these, like, you know, these levers or, or whatever. Um, it, it, these old time people, I almost think the way they thought was I want to get strong and heavy as possible, both in muscle and fat. So, because like, if all you have is a one-arm push-up, but you don't really know like a harder variation uh, or, or one leg squat, it's like, well, I'm 150 pounds. The, the, the only way to make this harder is by, if I'm 250 pounds. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the idea is like, you want to get very big. So it's just like, 
you know, I, I want to see like how my body functions at a heavier weight. If it does really well, then, which I suspect that it'll do okay. But I think that if I push myself to like 190 or 200 pounds, uh, which would be like, like 90 kilograms, that'd be a little heavy for my frame, which is really not that big. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, because I, I feel that you're also somebody who is focused on, on health in general. Um, because I saw like a few months ago, I, I saw some, some habits that you have like, uh, uh, with, with the salt, like, um, I'm missing the, the English word, but after like, uh, just, uh, brushing, no, like, um, how is it called? Like, um, um, oh, gargle gurgle yeah yeah, like yeah yeah with with, uh, with uh, salty water so like i i experience you as somebody who is also focused on health and um i can imagine that 80 kg or 90 is not the the way that your body is naturally made for you know like so it would be something that you have to force yourself to oh how do you think about it yeah um but you know i'm also nowadays you know i i'm just um for me I, i'm sorry i'm gonna try it And then, and then see how things go. Yeah. I'm hesitant to be the person who turned down something, couldn't really answer why he turned it down. And later on, you know, in my, like if, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm older, I'm like, well, you know, I wonder what would have happened if I did this, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, theoretically, if I put on, the, if I put on enough muscle and, you know, I, I do it intelligently and I don't just get, you know, get fat, that, that'd be weird. You know, Hampton getting <laughs> fat, you know, because I make like almost daily videos. So you like, yeah. someone would make like this, like, well, the progression of Hampton from like regular Hampton to fat Hampton, you know, in 2025. And I was like, oh, well, um, you know, and I, you know, just, just, knowing, just so people know my personality, that wouldn't really offend me. I, I think that's funny. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I did get kind of fat, um, so, but I can still, I can still do all this stuff. So was, but anyway, um, It is, it, it, it's interesting. It's something I want to try. And that's really how I approach my training now is I try different things. And, but I mean, I will say this, uh, weight gain is not my priority right now. Mm -hmm. um, right now it's mostly probably through isometric, isometric strength. Uh, I'm still relatively new as in like several months to a year into to my experimentation of that. Uh, but I think it has a lot of potential and it's something that uh, we can talk about later if you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, um, are you, are you in general, somebody who is, uh, is it easier for you to lose weight or to gain weight? Um, I lose weight, lose, lose weight. weight. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is definitely easier for me to lose weight. If I, if I don't pay attention, I'll, I'll lose like 10, 15, 20 pounds. Yeah. So you also forget to eat or like, you just have to eat so much that, that it's sometimes hard to keep up. Right. You know, I hate to admit this. But that used to be the case, but I think my metabolism has slowed down as I'm getting older. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, no, I still eat like several, you know, like, like I, I can pack away like 3000 calories and, you know, like I have to hit that, that general area before, before I start losing, um, to maintain weight. Um, but I don't really necessarily forget to eat as much anymore just because I think because I'm used to it. Uh, I am someone who, you know, if I, if I get to working, Uh, we're both working and working out, but especially like doing any content related stuff. If I'm here or I'm filming or I'm doing stuff, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go like 24 hours without eating, you know, and not on purpose. I'm just like, Oh, well, 24 hours have passed, you know, because, you know, and like, for me, it was just like, it like, I'll, you know, I thought, you know, because I wouldn't eat at like until eight or 9 PM at night sometimes. 
And I'm like, well, like, why am I so hungry? That was only a 15 hour, that was only like a 12 hour fast. I'm like, no, it's no, it's like, no, it's not. It was like, it was like a 20, like a 23 hour fast. No wonder I'm hungry. I'm like, so there's that. So I, I don't forget to eat, but I certainly could just because of my lifestyle. I, I'm very uh, productive, uh, production dri- driven. So I, I like doing that. Um, but it, it is, it, I had to consciously decide to gain weight. I had, I, I do have to, that's something I've always had, you know, and, you know, d- depending on who's listening right now, some people are like, man, I hate you for saying that you have to consciously put on weight. Whereas it's like, well, it's, it's not, it's also not great either because I mean, we're not, I'm not always drop like, you know, if you don't eat, you're not just dropping fat, you know, you're, you're losing strength, you're losing, you're losing muscle, the stuff that takes a while to put on. Um, and when I was sick last November, you know, and like, I didn't really feel like eating for a couple of weeks, I, I dropped like 15 pounds. It was, it, 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 it was fairly quickly. Um, probably not, definitely not healthy because I was sick at the time. Um, so this is something that I, I this is how my, my body is. Yeah. And you always think uh, that everybody else has it, like it's easier for everybody else. Uh, like I can imagine a lot of skinny guys wish they would have like uh, more mass that they, they, that they can turn into muscle. Like I can remember myself uh, as a, as a, as a young guy, like thinking, ah, oh, damn it. Like I have these friends who are like massive and for them, they just have to train to birth, to, like to transform the fat into muscle. It's so easy, you know, like, and today, right, right everybody everybody has his uh, challenges and um yeah for us it takes longer to build muscle uh because we 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 need to eat a lot and we need to give something to the muscle to to be able to grow um, right right so that's where you that's where you started too like you, you yeah. were in a similar i got you definitely like super super skinny uh super like I, i thought i could eat as much and like i always thought i eat already a lot like because if you don't have the comparison <laughs> to somebody who is like mm-hmm. eating double like two times the the plates that you are eating and for you it's already a lot what you eat yeah like it's it's oh. all about standards yeah of course um this is something i think will help some viewers what was the game changer for you when you were like well i i, I think i'm eating a lot like why am i not gaining weight What was the game changer where you're like, that's what I needed to do? Yeah, like the the one thing mentally was definitely seeing friends eating double my portion. Uh, like okay. for, for them, this was a lot. Like I thought eating, I don't know, half a kebab, uh, like with friends, I thought that's that's a lot, like a big, big bread with uh, everything. And then there right, was right. this one friend who ate like two of them. And for him, it was like, oh, now I'm full. So um, yeah, but but the the thing like the that really got me gaining weight was definitely like, um, I'm not talking about because you also said, a lot of gaining weight things are not healthy uh, was definitely mm-hmm. drinking a big shake with oats and milk and <laughs> uh, like um, almonds and uh, all this stuff before sleeping. So another 2000 calories before sleeping, um, this <laughs> w- wasn't healthy. So, um, but this right, got right. me, got me like a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. What got me uh see, like I, it'd be interesting if I had that experience, but Growing up, I was always the guy, you know, people are like, how are you eating so much food when you are not that big? Okay. So, you know, and a part of it might be because of what I was saying, because like I, I, in my mind, like I, I naturally go longer without food for a while, but when it's time to eat, I'll eat a lot of food. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the, the, there, there is that. 
Um, so I had my, my portions were bigger, but I think it, it was the regularities. Like it's bigger now, but are you getting more overall? Maybe not. Yeah. So the, the game changer for me and the reason I brought it up in case it could help anyone uh, was tracking where like I, I, you know, like I used an app called my fitness pal, but there's like, you know, there's a bunch of them out there. My fitness pal has some controversy over not being the most accurate, I guess, which I, you know, I cannot really argue with. It, just, it helped me establish a standard where there was like, I could see whether it's accurate or not, I was going lower, I was going higher. I'm like, well, I need to maintain it a little bit. And having that that standard is like, okay, now I can put on, you know. And, and anytime I bring that up, someone's like, well, if you, so like, like tracking gives them like eating disorders. It, it might, you know, that doesn't work for everyone. That that was the game changer for me uh, to regularly be able to lose weight and gain weight as I wanted to. Sure. Tracking is really like looking at the numbers uh, because you also already drew the comparison to uh, to entrepreneurship and to business and to social media, like looking at the numbers, the numbers never, never lie, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And if you track and you see uh, throughout the day, I only ate 1,800 calories, even though I had right. this extremely big meal. Um which was like 1,400 if I only ate an apple in the morning and uh, like a small, uh, I don't know, yogurt in, in the evening. That's, that's right. still like 1,800. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, uh, now I forgot the question. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, man. It's like, I, 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 I imagine I'm, I'm a difficult person to interview sometimes. Because oh, it's, it's, super, <laughs> it's super, it's super nice. One thing. But, yeah. but you're like you're bringing up so many uh, like topics and now I have it uh, like talking about a diet in general like uh, you you said uh, that you want to gain weight healthy but overall how does your diet look like are you somebody who is uh, eating really healthy do you have cheat meals cheat days sometimes um, how, how does it look like okay so and, and this probably wouldn't surprise someone because I'm not a bodybuilder but uh, you know <laughs> a strict bodybuilder probably have a stricter diet. I don't really think of like cheat meals or cheat days. You know, in my mind, I, I think I naturally eat relatively healthy to where I, I, I don't really stop myself from eating what I want, you know, but that works for me because what I want isn't just milkshakes and candy. You know, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't work for everyone. Um, for gaining weight, you know, from where I am now, so like, because I've been been through this path before from like 150 to 160. So like from 70 kilograms, sorry, like 68 kilograms to like 75 kilograms. I, I can just like increase my uh, meal frequency because I naturally want to eat like one meal a day, you know, one or two meal. Like it, it's not, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. Um, just, just because it's, you know, I feel better if I get up and I have, have some water and, I, I, I start working. And then at the end of the day, I eat. I, I, I like that feeling. That's what I naturally want to do. Um, adding in a second meal really helps me gain some weight. Okay. Adding a third meal. If it, it takes a while for my body to get used to it because at first I'm like, I don't want to eat this. You know, this a, that helps me gain some weight. Uh, not saying that's the healthiest way to do it. You know, definitely don't force feed yourself. Um, you increasing meal size would also help. And for again because i'm trying to make this as valuable as possible for others and if you're if you're listening intently to this you likely struggle with this what really helped me with nutrient dense foods um you know even just a snack like a pack of macadamias like if you're looking to put on some weight a pack of macadamias will help you meet your caloric goals uh because a pack of them is like a thousand calories and they're like you know you can get you put them all in the palm of your hand and you can get that 
Um, again, that's not all of that is protein. So, you know, be careful how much you eat. Um, and they're also like 10 bucks, literally like a handful is like 10, 10 bucks. So 10, 10 us dollars. So <laughs> it, it might, might damage your pocketbook more than your health, but that that's, that's something that helped me meet my caloric needs. And, but, um, from beyond that, then I had to start, start a scaling portion size. Then I had to be like, well, I'm going to eat a little bit more, or I'm going to eat some, um, some snacks with that, uh, really diet, really diet. Uh, diet, but also training. Uh, training is like when I hit a point where it's just like I feel like I'm overeating. Like this was like several years ago. I'm like I'm overeating, but I'm not gaining weight like I used to. It's like I just wasn't going as hard as I, as I needed to during my exercises, right? You know, because you know, uh, in calisthenics, especially if you're someone who wants to pursue levers, you know, and flags and stuff, stuff where you know, having some meat on your bones at the, at, at the end of your bones actually makes it harder. Um, you're not really thinking about this. You're, st- you're thinking about strength. So you want to stay fresh. Um, but, you know, and, and once again, as you know, if you want to put on good muscle, a lot of it involves pushing yourself. There's actually, there, there's a study um, which surprises some people uh, and it surprises me. And I, I like what well, we, we can get into the details of how that study was done, where it shows that the weight you use wasn't as important for muscle growth as going to failure or going to near failure on it. As you know, like actual failure is very difficult um, and going near failure on it. And they had someone using 90%, they had some people using 90% of their one rep max and training to near failure. And they had someone using 30% of the one rep max and going near failure. And they had very similar amounts of muscle growth over, I believe a two month period. So that's the the, 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 the uh, another factor for me that I know nowadays is you gotta push hard, you gotta push hard, and you can't you can't do that as easily. You can't do that at all with like just a re- regular. Oh, you scared me! Uh, <laughs> I had someone walk in with regular front lever training. <laughs> nice. I saw you. I, I thought you saw a ghost or something. Well, so. it, it was actually it was actually my wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and it's just, I didn't expect her to be here. This is my office. It's not where I, 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 I live and sleep. Uh, so, and it, it, I'm usually alone by myself. So I, I turn around and someone's walking towards me with grocery bags. Okay. It's, 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 it's just like, it's, it's food and groceries. I'm like, oh, and it's kind of dark. So it's like, it's like a dark hallway. So you see someone walking towards you. Dark <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. Uh, while Phil is thinking about his next question, uh, I was really, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about um, my channel and how I, I build it and just like the stuff other than calisthenics that I explored that I, I've become known for, um, not even on purpose. And I think uh, the I started doing coffee with Hampton because people asked me questions uh, about mental health and just more of like a, a um, mental, emotional and spiritual approach to training because once again as i've talked about before fitness doesn't exist in a vacuum it, it you it'd be cool it'd be interesting it'd be interesting if you know we could separate our physical fitness so yeah i do this many reps i do this many um you know i, I do this exercise you know with our emotional health but no you know like all that is tied in you know when you're going through a bout of depression it's much harder if not, it's outright impossible to keep the same training or train at all. You know, even finances, if you're going bankrupt, you probably won't be able to focus on training as well as you can, or at least you shouldn't, you have more pressing issues. Um, and so 
I talk about these things as a way to try to bring everything together and also just share what's on my mind because we do have a lot of younger members in our community. And I think this is one of the things I wanted to do. And one of the things that I, that fortunately has happened uh, where we bring a lot of people who aren't even interested in calisthenics or are interested in calisthenics, but are at my level or beyond, you know, that's, that's, I I don't, you know, they're, they're very kind to me. They're like, well, they never say that they're beyond. like, no, dude, you're, you're, you're wait, you've done this for a decade longer. You, you, you're advanced. I, I, I'm, my feelings are never hurt by that. But we have a community of people where we can talk about things that are affecting all of us, no matter our level. Um, whereas, you know, whether it's, you know, anxiety or just dealing with a fear, which is something people deal with at all levels, the fear of failure, where you think, well, you know, like, what about what, what do I, I'm going for this goal, but what if I fail? Uh, what if I have family and friends who are bringing me down? Uh, what if I'm very lonely? All these, all these things can apply to athletes and people of all levels, you know, whether or not you're in, into fitness at all. So th- that's my little riff uh, while Phil was, uh, was thinking, because I threw him off track. Uh, I'll, I'll take accountability for that. It's, it's, I, I'm, I, haven't, I, I throw people off track. Nice. Um, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. And I think that's a super, super nice thing that, uh, yeah, people can really like need in the days of social media in the days of, uh, yeah, like, um, also all these things, uh, social media, putting a lot of pressure on people, uh, a lot of, um, yeah, input, um, that wasn't there a few years ago. So, um, yeah. I, I I'm 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 thinking that's super super nice for the people. Um, we've been on uh, like you you talked about training until failure and um, yeah. my like what's your opinion in general about training until failures? Would you would you recommend it to everyone? Because this is something also athletes in the interviews are always like it's it's the ones say yeah you have to go until 100 every training the others say stay at 70 so you don't get sore like well what's your opinion on on this topic okay so interesting because i you're, you're right i have been asked this before and i have to quote my friend son um Sonder, I believe is is because i i follow him on social media we've talked but i, I don't remember he is a um he's also a street workout athlete and the interviewer, I think talked to me first. Um, and at the time I was like, yeah, I'm a fan of going there sometimes, but you know, there are risks associated with that and you don't, you don't want to injure yourself. And I think he talked to me first and then he talked to Sonder. Um, and he, he might've quoted that. Maybe he didn't tell them it was for me. And because the video started out with Sonder saying, yeah, there are risks of, of not training to failure. And he says, well, what's that? He said, well, there's the risk of not improving, you know? (laughs) So um, I was like, huh, you know, that, that, that that does make sense for me. uh, If you want to summarize it. Yeah. I think almost everyone can benefit training failure at some point, especially if your goal is hypertrophy. You know, I think the research and anecdotal evidence, you know, that's the thing is like when everyone, when people are feeling it and there's research behind it, that's something you really need to pay attention to um, is that if you're, if you're looking for muscle growth, uh, going near failure is something that's going to help a lot. If you're doing it, um, 
if, if again, again, if you're doing it safely, you, know, you, you don't want like you don't want to use too much momentum. And if you're kipping a lot towards the end of your reps where you have no control, just because you're you are near failure and you fall down and hurt yourself, then you are by definition not making as much progress as you could if you stayed healthy and didn't go to failure because your arm wouldn't be broken. So th- there are things like that. There are some people who don't care about hypertrophy really, or or it's like a, it's it's a ver- it's a very tangential. I would say. For skill work, you'd probably you could theoretically never go to failure. For skill work, I'm talking like planches, front levers, back levers, things like that. Um, and again, you, it's not going to hurt your training, um, or it's not really it's not going to destroy your training. Um, but for skill work, you don't really have to just because you want to be operating near your maximum potential at the time of doing this. You want you want all your muscle fibers to be that that you can to fire and well and have to balance all these things that happen that collapse way before failure handstands things like that you don't have to go to failure for regular strength training sometimes to failure you know i i think i think almost everyone would agree that sometimes failure you know you can experiment and for muscle training um fairly often right um and now soreness interesting thing you know we've associated failure with soreness and you know and doms and just like not being able to exercise as much uh, because, you know, hypertrophy training by its nature is draining. You know, you're, you're, you're uh, all the things that happen, there's a bunch of things that have to happen for your muscles to grow. But one of the things is we have to have the metabolic fatigue, you know, and we have to deplete our energy stores to the point where our muscles basically just say, that was really bad. What if that happens again? We better put on some more, you know, they, they're like, they're, they're survival prepping. You know, <laughs> they're putting on more stores. Um, so in order to do that, you do have to train. And as a result, consider this, if you do that every time you train, you won't be able to train as often at your peak. Right. You know, that, that, I mean, and once again, this is something someone can feel if like, I, I don't, I don't believe that. And they try it. And then the next day you, you won't be able to train at your peak. This is how it is. If you properly bring yourself to failure, it's going to take some time for your body to, to, um, to build back up. And as a result, you won't be able to train as often as you do if you don't go to failure. Right. Um, however, you know, we've taken a look at some things like that's really anecdotal evidence from uh, dynamic movement or lifting, whether it's body weight or weights. When you're talking about isometrics um, and something like overcoming isometrics, which some people prefer to call pin isometrics, I like to call it overcoming isometrics because pins aren't always involved. When you're doing this, you can do it on a rope, you can do it on a chain, you can do it against a tree. Uh, when you're doing overcoming isometrics, which is basically pushing or pulling against something that you can't put, that you can't budge, or you can barely budge, um, like a small tree, like you can just push a little bit to the side. When you're doing that, there's very little muscle damage, which is um, the primary cause of soreness. You know, microtrauma. You know, people um, people usually attribute that to lactic acid. Um, the microtrauma to your muscles is a big part of the soreness that you feel. However, you can bring yourself to near failure or actual failure. Near failure is, is where I'm going to go with this. And once you're acclimated to that, because you don't have the muscle damage, you might not feel much soreness the next day. However, you know, you're still it, like for lack of better terminology, you're still drained from it. So you, you might need to take a day longer to, to heal still uh, much less recovery time than you would if you did it through lifting. So just some different things that we're exploring as the industry is expanding. We're, we're always growing and learning uh, as, as the people um, 
in our community, our wonderful community, grow and learn. So this is something that people can explore. Like you, you can go to failure and train more often than we thought. Oh, that's cool. Talking about exploring, um, one question that I have to ask um, because it's it was uh, the the mo uh, the most like uh, the most requested question in the uh, story sticker uh, for for this interview was um, will we ever see you doing a straddle planche like is it is it on your list ever like uh, or is it something that you I, I, I could probably bust out a, sh a pretty shoddy looking straddle plan right now <laughs> Does, uh, but uh, as, you know that's something that I. Um, It, it is on my list. It, it is on my list. At some point, I, I will probably make a, a tutorial on it. I, I would like to brush up oh. on it. Um, th these are, you know, as a lot of your audience might know, um, the planche is something that, so look, I'll, put it, I'll, start, I'll start with this. The human flag is something that I kind of got just through other training. You know, mm -hmm. like, I, like I, I would try it every time I saw a poll, which, you know, when I first heard about human flags, I'm like, well, I want to try that. And I was like, huh. There are no poles around here, you know, yeah. um, or like there, I used a, a street pole once. I got yelled at by this big German guy. He's like, oh. I was like, well, and he, he said a bunch of stuff to me in German that I, I didn't understand. Um, <laughs> so like, that's something I kind of got, you know, even before I really explore technique, I, I, I could just like, I could kind of sort of do it. It, it, it was kind of, um, it, it wasn't as, as, as nice as it is now. Um, And I was like, okay, so I thought that's how everything else would come. I'd be like, oh, well, next time I try a front lever, I try a back lever, it's going to be better. However, because of how like our scapular strength, and our straight arm strength work, you know, it doesn't really seem to apply as much to um, the, the levers and the planche. Um, so that's something where I like, I, I went for a year. I'm like, I don't really think it's progressing. So, and then I was like, well, it's not really something I'm that interested in. Um, but then about... A few months ago, I started exploring a little bit more. I, I could probably bust out a shoddy looking stra straddle plant right now, um, but I, I, I don't want I don't want that right you know, because I mean people th there's plenty of examples of that out there. Uh, if I do it, you know I want to I want to help people get to it. I have my own thoughts on like as I'm doing this, I, I like I, I'm journaling what's working for me so I can share that with others and hopefully it, it's not it's like a it's very low on my priority list of mm -hmm. doing that. Um, But I, I, you know, because other people are interested, in it, I hope I, I can help them out at some point. But first, I have to get a perfect planche myself. Sure, and it's uh, super interesting because the 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 human flag is really like a move where when like a lot of people ask me when I'm on the on the calisthenics park, like how do you learn the 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 um the human flag? And it's really a skill that I would say if you continue your training with with dips with push-ups with uh, like all the basics um and you have like a really really good fundamental strength it's it's a skill that comes quite easily without yeah. specific training but that's totally different for the planche i think yeah um why do you think that is you know you, you're involved in this too what, what what's your opinion on that That's a really good question. Like for me, the, the planche feels so unnatural. That's what's, what's my first thought. But if I see a human flag, it's not the, the most natural move of, of a human being as well. So uh, that's, that's not maybe, maybe not the, the right answer. Hmm. For whatever reason, I, I think you can build up to a human flag with somewhat shoddy technique and iron out your technique over time like you can like your arms are completely straight all this stuff but for um but for whatever reason i think it's like a scapular strength um and the straight arm strength that you have 
for the pledge, um, it's so important that you aren't really going to get it until you really take it seriously. Um, and that was the thing is like, I, you know, I really didn't like locking out my arms. That, that seemed unnatural to me at first, just because I didn't do that while I'm pressing. It felt like, it felt like it was in danger of snapping. Not because of how it felt, but it's just like, you know, like even when I was doing push-ups or pull-ups, it's like, well, you want to maintain, I learned it as you want to maintain tension on your muscles, right? And, and, and not go to full lockout. And then, but every plant tutorial was like, go to lockout. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, turns out, yeah, I had, I had the freedom to not do that, but I also had the freedom to not get better at it. Uh, so so uh, that is something that I, I've been exploring recently. It, it, it's fun. It's fun. What a, you know, I, I think th- this was, I think it really has to do with like what you were inspired by and how you wanted to get into calisthenics, because as you know, there are very strong individuals in the world who are not interested in doing a planche, you know, or, and can't do one. Right. I don't know. It's like maybe Eddie Hall could bust out a planche. I'd be very, I'd be very impressed. You know, at like, like, I think it's like what, 400 pounds, 400 pounds. That might be a world record, Uh, Mm -hmm. but he, but he has world records. So (laughs) there's that. Um, For me, I, I always just thought the point of training was just to improve my overall life, you know, my, my quality of living in general. And while like planche and lever stuff and even human flag stuff, I thought that was cool. I thought that was nice, but it's really more for the sake of doing it. Uh, in, in my opinion, even nowadays, I think it's really, you learn it for the sake of doing a planche, you know, a sake of doing a, a lever. Um, and there is transfer to other calisthenic skills. It does make you stronger. It does increase your core strength. It is strength. Um, but I think that's why I wasn't as drawn to them. Uh, and, and also I'm just not as advanced in them. I like anyone listening to this. I, I don't want uh, you to feel like I'm making excuses for it, but it's just like, it's why I haven't really started exploring it until this year. It's just, I, I felt like there was other stuff that was, um, that, that was more interesting to me. But once again, in this year, one of the things I really started to work with was experimentation and just kind of like not being as dogmatic about it. And this is something that you just have to be dogmatic about and then be like, okay, you have to choose like, well, I, I don't want to do this anymore. It, it, it's, it's kind of how, how it is yeah. um, because, you know, like let's say you built your entire life on like bench press, squat, deadlift, you know, and, and things like that. And, and then someone's like, well, can you do a deep squat? And then he's like, no. And he's like, but then you're like, well, I, I don't want to do it though. It's, 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 not, it's not important. But then at some point you're just like, why not? You know, like, why don't I do that? You know, like fitness is part of my life. It's not going to hurt me. It's, it's not going to hurt me. It's not going to make, make me weaker to learn that, you know, and I'm not like, by the way, it's like, if you're lifting heavy, I'm not saying lift the same amount in a deep squat, you know, you can lift a little bit, start with your body weight, you know, even if you're very, very strong and, th- and then build up with, um, with some lighter weight and then heavier weight. And, it, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, well, why don't I try that? And there's kind of this fear, I think, and this is something that I've learned recently and doesn't really go against um, scientific study, even though it's one of those things that people think will, where I change up my training every couple of months or so. Like I, I at least change up how I do the exercise. Like if I'm doing isometrics, I might try a different angle. I might try a different grip position. Um, but but, it's, but like I, I allow my curiosity to, to expand um, and to kind of run wild as a naturally wants to. Um, and in the past, I told myself not to do that. You know, when I did push-ups, and I was like, well, I'm kind of interested in, in seeing what I could bench. You know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing 
a shoulder press or, uh, you know, like a lot of these things I've mentioned, I haven't even really gotten to yet. And I'm like, well, I can't because I, I'm really working towards like this, this version of like a harder one-arm push-up or something. And I want to spend all my time doing that. I don't want to be the guy who's like chasing different things and doesn't reach all of them. Well, it turns out that thing you're chasing is going to take five, six, seven years of dedicated training. And also here's the kicker. Here's the kicker that, you know, like I feel, feel like we need to research more. As you, as everyone listening to this knows, as you train more and more in any kind of um, movement or exercise or even discipline, you know, results in your gains, they come very fast at first and they slow down. And eventually it's almost like it's a crawl. And then you have to do something to break that plateau. You know, some people, they change their eating. If they do something else, sometimes they scale back. These are all different things that involve changing your current routine. And what I found is that when you do change your routine and you allow your curiosity to do different, you do, like let's say you're doing, um, you're doing weighted pushups and you're like, well, I want to explore weighted dips. Okay. And, and then you do that. And then you come back, you know, a month or two later and turns out, you know, it refreshes. You wouldn't think that, you know, your, your progress, you know, is, is start, it, it gets kickstarted again. You're like, oh, I'm actually better at this now than I was before. Oh, I'm making faster progress again. Um, and people are very quick to write that off, you know, and I was very quick to write it off, you know, because, the, the, you know, one of the things they'll, they'll cite is like, well, that's muscle confusion theory. And that's been largely debunked. As far as, as far as I can tell, yes, muscle confusion theory has been largely debunked in the sense that we're confusing our muscles to make them grow for hypertrophy, but for overall strength and for making ourselves str overall stronger, which, you know, you can't really deny that, you know, like downwards pressing, horizontal pressing, upwards pressing, different kinds of strength, different th things that we can, we can get stronger in um, are useful. Um, it does seem to um, balance off each other. Like if you're doing a lot of horizontal pressing, you're like, well, I want to try, you know, uh, overhead pressing for a little while. And you do that and you come back and it's sort of gun. you're actually stronger here and you, you've actually renewed your progress here. Why that is, is still being researched. It, it, like I, I some, some people say, no, it's not, but I, I think it is because like you look at joint angle specificity, you know, a very, very simple part of changing your routine where, um, you're, let's say, uh, because one of the arguments against um, muscle confusion theory, a very good argument in my opinion, is that uh, muscle fibers follow the all or none law. Uh, they either fire or they don't. You can't fire a muscle fiber part way. It's either on or it's off. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't really know like if it's, if it's, if you're going up, if you're going down, or if you do, if you're pushing um, a dumbbell or a barbell or pushing a body weight, muscles are muscles, you know, they're not neurons, but um, one of, while that is true, one of the things that researchers were, were confused about is like, well, if that's the case, why does joint angle specificity seem to apply somewhat to isometrics? Let's, let's say a, uh, an isometric bicep curl that someone's doing, um, you know, if, if, if they train that for a few months, you know, with overcoming isometrics, pulling on something they can, they can't move just, just above what they can move, but what they can't move, um, they get very stronger at a 90 degree angle, stronger than they were before in the other angles. And you know, there is transfer to other angles. It's not just that one degree, but it seems to apply strongest at that one angle. So it's joint angle specificity. And you know, you, you look at some of these research papers and these studies, and it, like one of them said, researchers are not sure why this occurs, but they suspect or like they they found something and they're like, this this leads us to believe that the reasoning for this 
the reason behind this is neurological. There's some reason because the same muscle, you know, similar muscle fibers are being recruited. So why is it stronger at an angle? Why is it stronger at that, at that one angle? You know, and that's something that I think more research will emerge upon as people continue to explore this or as people are more open to, exp- to trying different parts of their training or trying different things in their training. Oh, again, so much input. Uh, really, really, uh, <laughs> <laughs> really interesting. Um, you talked about straight arm and uh, like bent arm, which is something that I also re- remember in the early days in the gym. Like they always told you not to stretch your arms completely, not to stretch the legs right. completely. Like, why is that? Where does that come from? And does it still, is it still like something common and uh, spread today? Um, you're, you're asking why I think that's, uh, like some people are saying, don't lock out, et cetera. Yeah. Like why, okay. why did, did they tell us this like years ago? And, uh, like, do you think today it's still like the same thing that uh, like, because of bodybuilding? Yeah. It depends. Like- yeah. Um, to some extent, I think, um, but you look at things like what the knees over toes guy is doing. And mm-hmm. I think it's getting people to, uh, revisit ideas they thought were already established um, because like these are not like internet profess- professors. Uh, these are like trained industry professionals who are sometimes telling you don't lock out. People who do this for, literally for a living, sometimes famously for a living, you know, and I don't want to name any names, but you know, they're out there and they're like, yeah, don't lock out, don't do this. So it leads to a lot of confusion. And then you look at the reasoning for it sometimes. Now on some exercises, you might not, you, you might not want to lock out. I'm not, I'm not saying definitely do that, but uh, I mean, You know, sometimes locking out for some exercises, is, it, it turns out it's fine. Um, you look at the reasoning for it and it's like, well, it puts pressure on your tendons. And th- that's one of the, um, it's one of the myths of the fitness industry, which I'm very comfortable saying just because it, it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, even though industry professionals are still saying it, you can do a Google search and you can get some studies, you can get some, some good backing on like why it's no longer the case, but knees over totes. Um, you know, even as I was learning calisthenics back in like, this was before I started doing progressive calisthenics when I had some information on it, I remember watching a YouTube video and there was this very buff looking guy who looked very credible saying, yeah, when you squat, you don't want to have your knees go over your toes. Okay. And then uh, I was like, huh, you know, I was like, oh, puts puts pressure on your knee. And I was like, okay, okay, that, that makes sense. Well, it turns out, you know, progressive pressure on your knee actually strengthens it. You know, and, and then when you think of that, it's like, well, why? And then again once again this this is nice because we're towards the end of the podcast and it's tying back to what i was talking about at the beginning it's like well wh- why can't we do that why not and and, and, it's, and it's like if, if it can strengthen uh your tendons why don't we do it and it's like the same let's say with like putting pressure on your bones it's like well but strengthens your bones why don't we do it and it's one of those things to where it's just like this is how growth happens to where people already know this stuff if you really press on it Uh, and they just have to like put it in their mind and start thinking about it and like, oh, so there's really no reason why we can't do this. Uh, why don't we start exploring it a little bit more? Um, so I think that was the reason kind of was like they were worried that it would lead to injury or, um, you know, like 10, like torn ligaments and stuff, which is very, very real if you didn't build up to that. If you didn't build up to that with that technique, right? Like no one's doing To my knowledge, no one's doing a Jefferson curl at the same way they do their deadlift, you know, and they're like, but when you do your deadlift, it's like, well, you never round your back. You know, that's, that's what some people round their back, but you know, you, you never excessively round your back, your lower back. That's, that's horrible. 
you know, but turns out that's the goal, daring a Jefferson curl, you know, it turns out, mm-hmm. you know, like being more mobile in that range actually um, uh, reduces the chance of industry of, 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 of in injury, you know, and strengthens you in that range. Imagine that you being stronger in a movement that you practice, you know, mm-hmm. and again, this is one of those things where people are very resistant to you at first, you know, but you talk to them and if they're open-minded enough, they're like, huh, that actually makes sense. I don't, I, and, and then they're like, but why does no one else do this? And it's like, well, no one's really, th- you know, it's one of those things that's there. It's there, but people aren't really talking about it yet. Um, another perfect example I can talk about this that people will resonate with is doing a back lever using an, um, you know, often taught with, hang on. Yeah, often taught sometimes with a, and, um, and, I I I I can I can show it right now, but it's like <laughs> when you're upside down, no, like there, there's that grip to where you you are. Um, okay, yeah, often taught with an overhand grip, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're so when you're upside down, you know it's your your palms are facing up. Often taught like that, and one of the arguments was like, well, you know, I remember seeing this comment. It was on this guy's YouTube channel, and the guy was teaching with overhand, and there was a comment underneath. He's like, yeah, I'm in gymnastics, and you shouldn't do it with overhand. You should do it with underhand, uh, so you can put more pressure on your biceps tendon. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and and then I remember the the, the commenter, the, the the YouTube um uh guy who was a trained industry professional, both in calisthenics and also I think he was like a certified strength and conditioning coach. You know, he had credentials. Um, he said, "Well, okay, I, I don't know why putting more pressure on my biceps tendon would be a good thing, but I'll try it out." You know, and, and you know, and I don't know like like what his journey was, but nowadays I see him ten years later, and he's teaching it you know, with, with, <laughs> with that, with that grip. So it turns out, yes, you can strengthen that, but you know, both what's considered um, common knowledge that was actually a myth stuff like the knees over toes stuff and just anecdotal stuff uh, of people like, well, I, I went to lockout and I tore a biceps tendon or I, I, I tore, you know, I, I tore my knee um, is why people have that fear of it. Um, or, and, and they, they don't want to do it. Um, but again, they didn't build up to that progressively. They, they build up in a certain technique and then they suddenly change their technique. So imagine like you're, you build up to 400 pounds in deadlift. It's like, well, now I'm going to round my back. It's like, ah, Hampton, you told me to round my back. You know, so I was like, well, I didn't tell you to do it at 400 pounds. Okay. So, it's, uh, so again, just, like, that's why, that's why it's just one of those things to where it, um, there was a myth and then some people are trying to, trying to like, well, th- there's no reason the myth should exist. And then they, they pass on that knowledge without that warning of like, build up progressively and that's why the led, led to injury and that's why some people are like well I, it doesn't work so that's my thought on why really good example also with the back lever that's like such a, a myth and like just such such a a topic that a lot of people talk about with uh tiered uh t- tor biceps tendon etc it's such a big fear in the calisthenics scene so um yeah super super interesting Uh, yeah, we are slowly coming to an end of the, the, the interview. <laughs> um, I still have the question also out of personal interest. Uh, like what are, what are the, the three habits, like your three habits that you would recommend to more people doing out there, even if you don't know too much about the audience um, and who's listening and even I don't know it, um, but like what are three habits that you find valuable really for yourself and in your own life? doesn't have to be workout related only. Okay. Um, so I'm going to try and give you some 
um, offbeat ones because, you know, I feel like most people have already heard, you know, stay consistent, you know, like sleep before 9 p.m. You know, I'm going to try to give you some ones that you haven't heard before, but are also working really well for me. Uh, one, a lot of workout people, you know, drink coffee or some kind of stimulant, right? Or not, not even just workout people, it's people in general, they, think, they, drink, they drink coffee. Uh, if you do, if you rely on some kind of stimulant to keep you going, whether it's coffee, tea, or meth, I don't know. It was like, I don't, like, it's not, you know, don't, I don't think you should do that, but, you know, if you do, I can't stop you. Um, I, I recommend cycling. Like, one of the things that really worked well for me or really, like, impacted my life to the point where this is why people know me and one of the reasons why we're doing this is cycling my coffee. Um, I don't drink it every day. I drink it every other day. Um, now you can drink it less if you want, but I think it's important to have something on, you know, to where you can feel the effects of it. Um, and if you don't want, if, if you don't drink coffee, I'm not saying to start, I'm saying if you do, um, but also having some time to not, to, to kind of break your addiction and not get used to it. Because as most people who have drank coffee before know, you know, first time you have, you're like, Oh, this is great. I have so much energy. I'm going to clean the house. You know, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, the, the, you know, a couple of days in, they're drinking more and more. It's like, well, now I need two cups to feel normal. Now I need three cups to feel normal. You know, when I started getting to that point where I like, I would need a cup of coffee to wake up and feel normal. I'm like, well, what's the point of this when I felt perfectly normal without drinking coffee, <laughs> right? You know, now we're, you know, now we're, we're now we're in the red. No, now we're in debt. You know, <laughs> it's like, now I need coffee just to get to the normal point and even more to feel special. So why don't I just scale it back? To where I, you know, it's just the point where coffee is always special for me. And the point of that, the, the for me, it's every other day. If, if that happens every other day, I, I, that works well. I still feel the creativity, which is interesting. Like in my, in my podcast with Bioneer, he's like, that's interesting because you would think, you know, the adrenaline you get from that would reduce creativity. I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. But I don't know why. It's like, I, I feel more creative and I feel more motivated uh, after I drink light coffee. Maybe, maybe it's because I sip so lightly to where I don't, it's not to the point where I, I feel the, the, the adrenaline rush. I don't know, but I feel, I, but I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to people on when I find out why that is. Um, but yeah, I like that, you know? So if you drink coffee, cycle it. Number two, you know, introduce change to your life introduce, I'll put it this way, have a steady stream of, information going to your life, because that's how we make changes, whether it's books, listening to YouTube videos. I know a lot of you, a lot of you right now are not even watching this. You know, Phil's putting all this in. I'm, I'm sure he's making a good effort to make it look nice. And we're not even watching it. You know, we're just, we're just listening to it. So, you know, but I, I mean, no judgment. I do that too. Uh, that's how a lot of us listen to stuff. So we listen to videos, we listen to podcasts. So books, podcasts, YouTube videos, speakers, changing up who you hang around. Um, this is how we get positive change in our lives. You know, like I would never have started pursuing calisthenics or, you know, like doing the stuff I do now, you know, if I didn't read, it. you know, or, or if I didn't, you know, and I, I listen, I, I don't read as much as I like nowadays, but you know, I, you know, I still, I listen to pe different people speak, even if you don't think they're, you don't have to like worship them. You don't have to think they're your idol, you know, just get that new perspective and it, it helps change our mind on things. It's like, Hey, you know, this guy's talking about his gardening and he did, he did like changes in his gardening and, and, and it changed his life. Why don't I change, you know, my, my photography routine? You know, I, I don't know why I'm making people sound stupid. It's, it, it's, 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 it's a smart thing. Um, 
you know, when you do that, that I think that's how we get changed in our life. That's, that's how we get new ideas. It's harder to get new ideas as trying to think of new ideas. Um, when we have new stuff, it inspires us, you know, and by all means, um, keep it in something that's, that's positive. It keeps you motivated and keeps you going, right? Because there's plenty of other things in the world that can bring us down um, that we want to voluntarily, if we can choose it, uh, pick, hang around people uh, that bring us up that bring us up and third is you know it kind of goes hand in hand to this but be comfortable with introducing change to your life um i, I know th there's probably a lot of uh, listeners to this who are um who are probably more advanced than i am and just athletics in general and that's fine but you know a lot of them are also younger younger and what and i've talked with, i spent a lot of time talking with members in our community um, of all athletic levels. And one of the things that I've said that I've noticed really seems to help them is to be comfortable making change in your life. But the way you go about that as you grow, you know, if, if you're in your teens, 20s, or some people are going through this in their 50s, there's not really an age thing, but as you want to improve as a person, you really have to figure out like the balance between pushing yourself out of your comfort zone slightly um, and knowing what you were right on, knowing what, you, you know, like when you're learning a new skill and you're like, well, everyone's teaching it this way. And some, and sometimes you're like, okay, turns out I was wrong. You know, I like, again, a straight arm strength, perfect example. And it's like, that's one of the things that I was resistant to. It's like, oh, turns out, you know, after I do it right, you know, it's like, okay, this helped a lot. You're like, that's the change. So some of the things that you were wrong in, but where your talent and your genius and what you can do to help the world uh, reside in is some of the stuff that you think is right and everyone else is telling you it's wrong. Okay, it turns out after you master it and after you, you're into it, you're like, no, no. Turns out actually they were wrong and I was right. And I, I don't mean that with any kind of ego, right? I, I don't mean that with any kind of ego. I mean, like, this is how um, we improve as a society, right? It's, it's like one of the things we're like, we're very, at, at the very, like, through your entire life, you're like, that, that just doesn't seem, that, that just doesn't seem right. And it turns out, you know, it, it, it wasn't right. Um, <clears throat> I think a fitness example of this, man, th th there are so many, uh, but because I, I use a fitness example, like for straight arm strength, uh, another one might be spending more time on the basics, right? I, I, I think is like one, one no, 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 like, like this is what here's here's something. It, um, spending more time on the basics for sure, but I, wa I wanted something that I had personal experience in. One of the things that you know it felt natural to me, like if I've been spending a lot of time trying to work on push-ups, trying to spend a lot of time working on this, to like, well, I want to take a break. I want to try. You know, I I see someone doing this thing. I I want to try that. And you know, you don't want to be so scattered-brained that you never make any progress anywhere. Um, but if you put in like two or three months of hard progress, and, and you're making and your progress is slowing down. And you want to explore something else, you know. I was always taught not to do that, but turns out when you do that and you come back, you're like, oh, okay, it actually helped. That's one of the things that felt very natural. Nice. Um, yeah, we're as I said, coming to an end of the interview. Uh, always at the end of every interview, we have some quick questions, quick answers, and the sure. first question is, what's your favorite food? Uh, depends on the day. Um, I, I I like. I like beef. I like beef, um, stew, pasta. You know, if I had to give one, I would say pasta. Yeah. Okay. Not for health, just for preference. Nice. Uh, are you a dog or a cat person? 
dog person. I, I, I have both, but I, I prefer dogs. Cool. And what's the animal that's hanging behind you? Is it a, is it a fox like uh, at the wall? I believe that's a, let's see, if I move my head out of the frame. Ah, yeah, no. Focus. Yeah, uh, I think that is a wolf. Yeah. Uh, it, it came with the people who sold us the house. Um, I just thought it was nice. thought it was nice. Sure. No, I saw that it's a wolf, so um, yeah, cool. Uh, what's your favorite exercise if you have to choose only one? Walking. Walking. Yeah, uh, that, that, yeah walk, walking is what really, uh, walking after a full night's rest is how I really align myself and plan out my day. And I think of so many good ideas from that. Um, and, and like strength and exercise, for me, that, that's relatively simple. You can, there's so many exercises you can choose from, but walking is what aligns all of it. It's the central nervous system uh, compared to muscles and stuff. Wow. Do you track your steps uh, each day? Like how? No. 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 Okay. I, I, I don't, yeah. Because I, 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 I actually try not to have my phone. Sometimes I try to spend some time not being with an electronic device on me at some point yeah, just because I, I i feel even if there's no like physiological reason for it i feel better mentally i understand and you don't count it in your head like one step two steps. no i'm joking I, well i mean sometimes you know i'm so used to counting that i like i find myself counting the steps and i'm like 593 i'm like oh i don't why am i doing this i'm not writing it down so yeah so sometimes i do but no, not not regularly okay good for you um, yeah, what athletes inspire you? Oh, I mean, I mean, this is hard to say because a lot of calisthenics athletes, um, I know their faces, not necessarily their names, and I don't want to mispronounce them. It's a, you know, to be honest, it's a lot of the non-American ones. You know, it's like I, I love American athletes, but there's so many out there. You know, from like Russia, um, Yugoslavia, different places that, that are just so strong. If I had to choose one, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, again, I, I'm not really inspired by athletes in that sense. Uh, not because I'm not inspired by them, but I'm not inspired by a particular one. So anyone who's really making an effort to change, it's really the ones who make a big change to where they might not have had the greatest natural ability. And then they came back and they broke out in a big way. Those inspire me. Oh, cool um pull or push if you would have to decide mm, better at pushing like most people are but i prefer pulling okay uh yeah do you have a favorite book overall uh i, I wouldn't say that I, i've learned I, i wouldn't say i have a favorite book but i will say uh just to give an off maybe a little bit more of an offbeat answer that i've recently learned a lot from the bible I think even if you're not um, of a particular religion, uh, it can be worthwhile to explore religious texts and at least know how people are thinking. And if you're looking at it through the lens of trying to learn, uh, you can agree and disagree, but there are some lessons in there for all of us to learn. Cool. I also saw that this was the first YouTube video on your channel, even though uh, at least the, the one uh, being active, like uh, calisthenics, no, fitness versus uh, Christianity. Is it, is it right? Yeah, I, I think as a second one, the first one was, uh, the thumbnail doesn't even have me on it, so that I, could, I can understand how people miss it. Uh, it was about like, like very gentle exercises. Like I went through like, like uh, wall push-ups, knee tucks, um, assisted squats, things like that. But it's one of the first videos that I put out. And that back then I only had um, like 15 minutes a day to make a video. So had to be single take. 
mm-hmm. had to be like one or two clips. So that's what was on my mind at the time. Wow. Nice. Um, yeah. What's your favorite, favorite music genre? Oh man, that's hard to say. If you, if you had asked me uh, even 10 years ago, I would have been like rock and roll. Uh, but but then eventually you know I explore R and B. I like R and B, soul, blues. Uh, I really like all genres, almost all genres. You know, almost all genres. There are some that are, uh, may, might be not quite for me. Um, but I spend a lot of time listening to soul. Um, I like R and B, blues. Still like some rock and roll. Um, but I used to like 80s, 80s rock a lot more than I do now. I still like it nowadays. Um, but yeah, like I, I really got more into the soul aspect of things. Cool. Yeah, and the last uh, question: What's your message to the calisthenics community, and what's your message to the listeners in general? Let's all get better together. Uh, that's the thing. It's like, like I, I feel like um, we we are already a niche community. Calisthenics has made major strides in the past decade or so, and and in the sense of like we're spreading into the world, and we're not we're still considered alternative, but you know, like being able to. Uh, get to a spot where people understand this tremendous thing that, again, something they know, but don't really, really know is that we, all of us have the ability to get healthy, fit, and strong with just our body and gravity and maybe a pull-up bar, you know, something to hang from, you know, it's like, again, it's like debatable that there's like different things you can work around there, but our body and gravity, mostly we can get so fit and strong from that. Yes, I mean, like you spend money on gym membership, you know, spend money on a home gym, buy barbells, you know, all this stuff. But it's just like, don't forget that we have this ability. You know, we have we to get strong with just our body and everything that's already around us. And we have the time we have for that, you know, and just like being able to spread that knowledge as a community and share it. Sure, sure. We spend a lot of time arguing, <laughs> you know, there's that, you know, like any kind of fitness community, there's arguing. But just being able to spread that to the world, I think I really look forward to that. I hope it gets to the point where people understand that. That's a big part of my goal in life right now and building the hybrid calisthenics routine, which will be free, um, is just showing people how they can get fit and strong with their body. And yeah, explore, you know, powerlifting. Yeah, explore, you know, Olympic weightlifting if you want. But just keep in mind that you, you can already get very fit and strong using just your body and gravity. True. Great. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, for the people who want to get in touch with you, where can they reach you best? Where do they find you? Uh, well, um, I um, am known as Hyper Calisthenics everywhere on the internet. Uh, you can you can find me on whatever social platform that you like. YouTube is probably the most prominent one. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I spend a lot of time. Spend some time on TikTok. Um, Facebook, <laughs> um, the, the platform not now called Meta, but I spend you know I spend time on, on Facebook. Um, just anywhere that short videos, short form videos are welcomed and distributed, and videos in general, I'm usually on, including podcast stuff, most notably on YouTube. Um, but you know, I, I say this to everyone; it, it may not apply to as much to your following because they are um, they're, they're probably already involved in fitness. Um, but you know, it's a dangerous thing for content creators to say that they have enough subscribers at the time, but I feel like I, I'm okay. I, I don't need to ask people to follow me. Um, I think do that if you think you can benefit, but if it's a choice between that and if you learn anything during this, this podcast and making it a, a choice to improve yourself or help others improve, then please go do that instead. Wow. Well, 
that's super super nice we will put all the links in the description so um yeah we don't say you have to uh, to check out hampton but if you want to you can do that if that inspires you to and gives you even more um knowledge how you can continue helping other people that's uh, that's super cool um yeah basically that's it thanks again uh like we're thanks we're so much phil we're coming to an end before and before you can end the episode hampton uh, I, I want to say thank you to everyone listening to this till the end uh one hour 30 super nice interview a lot of input a lot a lot of useful advice and insights into your life into your into your head i'm super grateful for that and uh, yeah if you enjoyed the episode you the dear listener you can give it a thumbs up that helps a lot to to spread uh the the knowledge and uh, yeah Hampton, thanks again to you. You can end the episode and have a, have a great day. Thank you so much, Phil. I hope everyone um, has a great day listening to this.